Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Curious Conversations with Tully and Sarah. We sit down and chat with business owners, entrepreneurs, and some of the best conversation starters. This is a podcast about real life lessons and people doing cool shit. Welcome back. Guess who's back? Back again. It's 2024 and we are back with our second episode and we're excited. We are very excited because it's only going to be a few months and we're going to have another little crew member for our Curious Conversations. (laughs) I know. Good luck to all the listeners. We will. It is 2024. We are back fresh from holidays and we have an important guest on today who we love. We love very much Morgan Riddle, who's one of our very good friends. Mm-hmm. So we had a few of um, our followers too been like, oh, it's the tennis. Is Morgan going to come on the podcast? And we're like, don't worry, we've got you. She's coming on. And it was a bigger, better, brighter episode, I think, than last year. And we spoke about relationships, friendships, um, relationships, boyfriends. We spoke a lot about mental health and yeah. how to get the most out of your year this year because Morgs always comes here in January. So it's like a reset. It is. It's like new year, new you, so new you. So how does Morgan and how do we set up our, our year for the year ahead? Yeah. And we talk about growth and just a whole heap of things in regards to 2024, momentum, consistency, discipline, everything that Sarah and I speak about all the time and what we've been speaking about the last couple of weeks. So we're super excited and I think we should just dive straight into the episode. Enjoy. Ciao. Morgan, welcome back to Curious Conversations. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. It was so fun last year. It was fun. We were in the kitchen. I know it's different, but (laughs) we've grown. So the last year, and that's one of the subjects we want to talk about is growth. And we definitely have grown the last year because we were literally in my apartment with my dog. (laughs) And now we're at Kemmer's Warehouse head office in the studio, which is like pinch me mode. So welcome to Kemmer's Warehouse head office. Yeah, this is really nice. Yeah, it's cool, isn't it? I'm obsessed with Kemmer's Warehouse too. (laughs) Every time I go, I actually went in there last week and I was like, I just need a shampoo. I just need a shampoo. I walked out with two full bags. I'm like, what do I need this for? But I love it. They have everything. You go for one thing and you come out with like 10 bags. We love that. But welcome back to Australia. Thank you. As it's always. My place in the world. Yeah, as always. We love having you here. Yeah, everybody knows that. <laughs> I talk about it all the time, how obsessed I am with Australia, Australian people. I also come, I happen to come at like the best time of yeah, the year in do. Australia. So it is just the, I think it's the best place to be in January in the world. Yeah, I agree. We always say that whenever we have uh, friends from overseas, like when should I go to Australia? I'm like, you have to come in January, Feb, because- Everyone's on holidays. It's hot. The Australian Open, well, especially if you're coming to Melbourne, Mm -hmm. like it's such a buzzing time of the year. And I don't think people outside of Australia realize how big tennis is here this time of year. Like in the US, I don't think people really understand that this is one of the biggest sporting events here. Everyone gets so excited about Mm -hmm. it. It's a huge, huge, huge deal here. Yeah, it is massive. Even I was talking about it to someone the other day, even growing up, like I've never played tennis in my life and I'm not very good. Um, But 
growing up, you would always have the tennis on on the TV in your house or you would go to the tennis with your family mm-hmm. if you played it or didn't play it. It's such a, like, get-together sport. Like, and even when you turn 18, you go with all your friends to go drinking. Like, you probably don't watch the tennis, but you go. It's, like, a, such a social. It brings a lot of communities together. Yeah. And I think that's fun. It's not just about the tennis here. No. It's about. It's not. <laughs> the Australian culture, it's about going and having a drink and having fun. Yeah. That's what the tennis is. That's true. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to talk to you just briefly because I know we caught up with you in, was it December? I think or mm-hmm. November when you were in LA. Yeah. And you were saying at that time of the year, you always feel like you're in a bit of a slump. Yeah. And then you're like always waiting to get to Australia because you kind of like, I don't know, feel born again and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Can you open up a little bit and tell us a bit about that and your journey through the year, because yeah, you have you travel forty weeks of the year, is yeah, that right? Yeah, thirty five to forty. Shit, it's a lot. I don't know what it is about that time of year. I I actually I feel like a lot of people deal with it. I don't know if it's the holidays or it's it's the weather or what, but November December consistently for probably the last six seven years, I just feel like crap. Mm. Like I'm not motivated. I'm exhausted. I just don't feel good about myself, and that definitely translates into everything that I do. Like, I don't feel like my content is good. I I lose a lot of momentum Mm -hmm. and don't feel great. But then the last four years, I've come to Australia right after Christmas and stuff. And everything just picks up again. I'm in the sun. Mm -hmm. I'm going to the beach. I just get back into this this good vibe, momentum feel. Um, I came and I met people like you guys. Mm-hmm. So then I'm thrust into this great environment with great people. And it's a good way to start the year. Like my January consistently is always one of the best months. So it's kind of strange jumping from just feeling pretty terrible to then feeling really great. Yeah. But I kind of I kind of expect it now and just accept it. Mm-hmm. Do you think leading into this year and knowing when it gets closer to November, December, is there anything that you learned last year that you want to implement so it doesn't happen as hard to you, like the emotions? Yeah, I don't know. I I think something that I've really learned over the last couple of years is just being okay with not feeling yeah. good all the time, not feeling great. Like it's not normal and human to feel good all the time. Mm-hmm. Like it is perfectly okay to fi- kind of feel terrible. And that has actually helped me a lot because in the past when I would feel bad or I would go through these depression spells or feel kind of terrible, I would make it even worse because I'd be so hard on myself about it. Why am I feeling like this? What's wrong with me? There's nothing bad in my life. Like I have a great life. I should be grateful. And thinking like that just makes you feel so much worse. Just accept that life is not good or great all the time Mm -hmm. and that actually will help you kind of move move through it easier. Yeah, that's so true. It's so funny how we think that happiness is such a linear thing. And so when life is a roller coaster and your emotions are going up and down that you shame, I, I call it self-shame. You shame yourself for feeling that way, mm-hmm. but it is totally natural, like you say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so true. Yeah, so true. I always think just like you felt like this before, you'll feel like it again. It doesn't last forever. Yeah. Like there's been so many times in my life where I'm not feeling good and I'm like, I'm I'm never going to feel good again. You know, that's that's what your brain does. Yeah. Like it's it just tries to protect itself. And that's never the case. It always, always gets better. It, I, everything comes in waves. Yeah, I have this saying, and I think I've said it to Sarah a few times, like 
this feeling is temporary. Mm. Like it's temporary. It'll pass. Yep. You just have to sit with it. Yep. Morgan, how did you get so wise? I'm going to say your mom. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah, my mom. laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I've always, ever since I was a teenager, people have always thought that I was older mm. yeah. than I am just, I guess, on how I talk about certain things. But yeah, I think my mom was a big influence in my life. I feel like I had to grow up early. Like I was always quite independent growing up. Like my mom pretty much raised me on her own. She was always working. I was very self-sufficient, started doing my own laundry when I was in the third grade and kind of just grew up through that. I don't know. Have you always yeah. been so re- self-reflective of your emotions? No, no. Oh, really? No, no, no. I, I, I also was kind of a mess in a lot of ways when I was growing up. Like I was a mess in high school, wasn't super responsible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my experience in college in New York, where I was hyper-independent, mm-hmm. kind of helped shape me a lot. I was a very different person before I went to college in New York. yeah. You do. Like, I feel like every time we, and we actually talk about you on the podcast all the time, especially like we've learned a lot from you. I feel like you're like, you read a lot too. And I feel like, don't you think every time we speak about something, we're like, oh, I learned this from Morgan. I learned this from Morgan. Like, we literally do. <laughs> oh, yes. like, we reference you all the time. And I'm like, it's really good to have a friend that like has self-development. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it's hard to find friends like that. I but, actually you know. got out my energy givers and energy takers list yesterday to show oh, did a friend you? how oh. to do it. And that's um, something I learned from you. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> what are you most excited? Like I want to go back to like traveling and stuff like that. We were talking about routine before. How do you stay in a routine when you're traveling? Oh, it's yeah. hard. Oh, it's so hard. I I was telling Tully on the way here, like there are some weeks where I'm so jet lagged. We just went to Abu Dhabi a few weeks ago and the jet lag there was so mm-hmm. like going to the Middle East. I don't know what it is. It was so tough. I was operating at 20% that entire week. I couldn't function. I couldn't think straight. No matter how much sleep I got, I was so jet lagged. And I think people really underestimate how much jet lag can affect your life. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think, oh, the time zone's a little different, so I can't fall asleep. No, it messes with your your head, your whole physical system, mental system. And so there's some weeks where I, I just can't even be a functioning human yeah. being. But most of the time, I just try to keep a really simple routine. I use ClassPass to book workout classes and I always book those pretty much first thing in the morning, like 7, 7 a.m., 8 a.m. And then I have a very simple morning routine that I just try to stay consistent with wherever I'm traveling to. I have lemon water in the morning and I go on an outdoor walk and I do morning pages, Mm -hmm. which is just a type of journaling. So those are the only three things that I really try to stay consistent with. But being healthy on the road is hard. We order every meal. Mm-hmm. We order every single meal. Yeah. So, and some nights you'll have like super late nights. Like you have Taylor's playing like late. Sometimes you don't get home to like two or three in the morning. Yeah. 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 It's you, really like, hard. It'd be hard to stay in a routine. And I know we've spoken to you before. You keep bringing up the word momentum. Mm-hmm. And it's one word that I'm taking into this year. What does momentum look like for you in 2024? I have this ongoing thing in my life where If I get a good momentum, it affects every part of my Mm -hmm. life. So that is waking up early, going to the gym, being consistent in my workouts, getting my work done, posting consistently on my social media platforms, being good about calling my mom. Like 
And something with me is that if I get a good momentum in all of those things, it trickles into every part of my life. But if I lose momentum on one thing, if I don't go to the gym for a week, I kind of spiral on it and it affects every part of my life that I'm just like, well, what's the point? Yeah. And that's a very toxic, toxic habit of mine. But my, my therapist is actually the one who brought it up to me that she's like, you get in these swings of momentum, but then sometimes you just let something get to you and you crash and you burn. And so in 2024, I want to bring in good momentum, but not let something that doesn't have good momentum mess up every other aspect of my life. Yeah. Mox, nice. have you ever read James Clear's Atomic Habits? I did, actually, maybe two years ago. Yeah, because he talks a lot about that. And one of my favorite sayings of his is, a habit missed once is um, okay, but a habit missed twice is the start of a new habit. Yeah. So like how you just said, you said, if I don't go to the gym for a week. You're starting a new habit. Well, after day two, you're starting a new habit. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Maybe that's a good good one one. to have because that is so true. We were talking about meditation. We just did a um, goal-setting episode just before um, Christmas and Sarah was bringing up James Clear a lot Mm. because like obviously a lot of your goals have got to do with habits and stuff and I'm like I'm like that with meditation like I will Mm. be on like a 30-day meditation run I'll miss one day I'm like I missed a day and I can't get back into momentum Mm, but I think having that quote in the back of my head I'm like okay I need to get back on the horse and And like after the second day it's like what gets you back on the second day And we spoke, Tully and I spoke about this to Solomon, the therapist. It's discipline, mm. having the discipline mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. get up the next day, get back to it and be like, okay, it was one day, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Because it's we fun. asked and we asked Solomon, oh, I think so, uh, Sarah asked this in his session. I get really confused with the word consistency, momentum and discipline. Like I feel like they're all very similar, but mm. I'm like, what's the difference between, I know discipline is like sticking to it, but consistency I feel like it's the same discipline momentum. So I'm like, what's the difference between those three words? Well, I think that consistency and momentum all rely on discipline. Yes, that's what Solomon said. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, so that's what we spoke about. And then Sarah's like, I don't know, I'm going to ask Solomon. And then you asked him. I was like, okay, that makes so much sense now. Mm. Yeah, but it is really hard. How do you figure what your goals are for the year? Do you have personal business? Yeah, I have yet to really – I made a vision board. It's my phone background as usual, but I have yet to really – sit down and work out my goals for 2024 because I'm just not entirely sure where I want Mm. the year to go. I think I have, I have a general idea and plans of what I want, but I think it's also really stressing me out yeah. that I've kind of avoided it. Oh, to awesome. be honest. I haven't done it. Yeah. Okay. We did a whole episode. <laughs> we did a whole episode at Christmas, like hyping everyone up. Yeah. Like, and if you're listening and you haven't done it, it's okay yeah. because we haven't and we're not perfect. But I'm the same. I'm like, I need to be in the right headspace. I need to be in the right space. Damien's been on holidays. He's been there. I've been on holidays. I've been social. I'm on yeah. holidays. I'm not in the right headspace. And Maybe I'm the we same. should do a little date this week where yeah. we all go and we bring our notebooks and we get like do colored our goals. pencils and should stuff. We do that? I think we should That'd do that. Cute. And then it'll okay. force all of us to do it. Yeah. I know one thing that, looks that you do want to be a little bit more of this year. A bitch. <laughs> I want to be a bitch. The Australian here is like cunty. Yeah. You're like a bitch. <laughs> I know someone actually responded to my story yesterday and she was like, this is so Australian. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, thank you. Uh, the cunt word or the bitchy? Both. Both. Oh, okay. I want to be a cunty bitch. Yes, <laughs> it's true. Um, which is fair enough. Like I feel like I probably need to channel a bit of that mm. as well. But why do you think you need to do that, be that? 
I think that there's a difference between kindness and niceness. And I feel like sometimes I'm just a little bit too nice to people when Mm -hmm. I don't need to be. Like, sometimes telling people to fuck off who deserve it is actually a form of Mm self-care. And that's a part of self-care that I've been deeply lacking the last couple of years, I think, because I— I take a lot of pride in the fact that, like, I know I'm a kind person. I know I do good things for people. I do good things for the world and, like, my friends. And so I really—that's a part of my identity that I'm very proud of. But I think I let that carry into situations where it's not deserved. And I'm—this year I've decided I'm I'm done doing that because people do mistake niceness for weakness and— I think, especially recently, I've gotten a little bit walked over. Yeah. And I don't—I'm I'm done with that because it's not making me feel, feel good. It's not serving me to continue to be respectful when they don't deserve my respect. Yeah, but that's exactly right. And I, I actually wouldn't know how to act towards people that don't deserve my respect either. Yeah. So yeah. once you find out, can you let me know? Yeah. yeah. I'll keep you posted how my, my cunt journey goes. Um, I'm really excited about it. I'm actually really intrigued. What's the difference between kind kind and nice? I think kind is just a character trait. Like yeah. people are inherently kind people. Niceness, I feel like, is a trauma response. I feel like if oh. you if you grow up with you know, having like an emotional parent or something who is reactive, then you walk on eggshells around people. Mm. That's just something that you, you grow up with. And I've talked through this with my therapist, but niceness is a form of people pleasing. I think Mm -hmm. Ah, that's not necessary to do, especially towards men. Yeah. (laughs) We talk about people pleasing a lot. Like that kind of does make sense, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. It does make sense a lot. What do you mean, especially towards men? There's no reason to be nice towards men at all. <laughs> like, ever. No, I'm just kidding. Some men are really great. But, um, you know, there's been a lot of times where I've been in situations where I walked away from it and I was like, why Why was I nice to that person? Mm. Like, that was not, that was not cool. Yeah. Mm. And it just makes you feel terrible about yourself. Yeah. So true. So basically, like, if someone's mean to you this year, expect someone to turn around, you to turn around and be like, fuck off. Yeah, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying that I'm going to be a mean person, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to be kind or nice in situations that it's not deserved. Yeah, Yeah, you know. That's fair. If someone's like, you've got to stand up for yourself in a way. I think a lot of women, because we were talking about this in the car, it's like, I think a lot of, Women, we're so used to, which is awful, having mean things said about us from other women, like getting put down by other women. And it's so sad. Yeah. So bad. And I think for us, it's like sometimes calling these people out, it's like we kind of want to have class about ourselves. Like Mm. I'm always in two minds. I'm like, you know what, Telly? Be the classy person and just let it go. Take the high road. But then the other half of me is like, no, I, I sh- I'm i brought up, like, I should yeah. be standing up for myself. Mm, yeah. So it's like, it's that hard, it's the hard 50-50. It's like, do you want, I don't know, it's really, because at the end of the day, you're like, you kind of want to be the classy one and just let it go. But if it keeps happening and happening and happening, 
you can't let that person keep doing it to you because they need to know. Yeah, so what do you do? <laughs> I know. Well, I this know. is our question before. I was like, I don't know what to do. But I think if it happens multiple times, you have to be that one. And I'm thinking, what do you we're think Solomon about, would say? We're talking about friendships here, right? Yeah, we're talking about friendships and friendships women with other women. So com- Do you get friends that are jealous? I have, but I have a very strict no insecure, no jealous friends policy Mm -hmm. in my life that if I, I feel like I have relatively good intuition about people so that if I'm getting a certain vibe about someone, I, I just don't even give them the time of day. And I, I, I've told you guys before ending friendships or cutting people off is something that I can do like very easily, swiftly, respectfully, but like respectfully, I need you out of my life sort of thing. Yeah. Friendships are complicated. Sometimes I don't know when to cut the tie. I'm very, I'm the same as Morgan. I'm very, I can easily cut the tie with someone if they're not serving me. I've got this rule that if I catch up with someone for coffee or if I have a social outing with them and they make me feel a certain way, if I leave that and I'm like, I feel deflated, I feel like they were taking all my energy or they just were not nice, I'm like, I have to cut that person out of my life completely. Mm -hmm. If I walk away from a situation, I'm like, fuck yeah, I loved hanging around that person. They felt they made me feel so inspired. I feel so good about myself. I'm like, they're a keeper. I'm very good at cutting ties, but I'm not good at standing up for myself in situations where I probably need to. Yeah. Well, say someone's listening and they're like, well, I've got a friend, my best friend, who's really competitive with mm-hmm. me. How do they change that? Oh, God. How would you change? I don't know. It's hard. Like I said, I have a strong policy with it that I just, yeah, I, I don't think How you can do be you around ties? people like that. Um, so I, I had a friendship breakup earlier this year. And for me, it was like, I, I don't need to be mean in this situation. It just needs to be a straightforward, like, you did this to me. You're behaving this way. I, I can't be friends with you anymore. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it was a, a swift text message and a blog on Instagram. And that was it. That was it for me. We've spoken about this before. I've, when I cut someone off, I was like to this person, I think you need to communicate with the person why you're blocking them out of your life. But I said to this person, I said, I love you, but I do not like the way that you treat me and the way you make me feel. I cannot be friends with you. Mm -hmm. And then done. Mm -hmm. I think you need to really, if you do have a friendship breakup and you have someone that's quite close to you or you've hung around with for a while, I think you need to communicate to them how they're making you feel. Mm-hmm. It seems like neither of you guys are people pleasers then because. A, <laughs> no, no, I, a, I, I actually don't. I think I am kind, but I don't think I'm a people pleaser. Yeah. I've never been a people because pleaser. Because as a reformed people pleaser, I used to have a real thing against people not, not liking, liking you. Yeah. So for me to block someone out of my life and oh. have a reason for them not to like me, I couldn't do it. See, but I'm like, I'm like, I don't Whatever. care if yeah, you I like don't me at all. all. I, my thing with like people liking you is that n- there's never going to be a time in your life, no matter who you are, that everyone is going to like you. So for me, it's like, okay, you don't like me. Good. Get out of my life. Get out of my way so that the people who are going mm-hmm. to care about me and resonate with what I have to say can find me. Yeah. And that's yeah. all it is. That's so true. I like it. Like, Sarah, there's your lesson for today. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Because you are a big people place, but you're working on it. I'm reformed, thank you. In some ways, yes, <laughs> I have to say. No, you're but definitely getting better. On the flip side of that, with friendships, because that's one topic we really wanted to focus on today, how do you make new friends? 
Oh, it's one of my favorite topics to talk about. Well, how did we meet? Instagram. Yeah. Into my DMs on Instagram. Yeah. Offered to send me a outfit from your yeah. guys' apparel brand. And then I think you were like, uh, I was like, we're going to sushi. Out with us. Yeah, yeah, coming out. Yeah. And then that night we all just hung out and clicked. Yeah. And the thing for me is that if I hang out with girls or a group of girls or go for coffee with someone, I pretty much immediately know if yeah. like they're going to be one of my people. Yeah. Um, and so for you guys, it was just a, a it was, we clicked, yeah. you know, and I am really open to meeting new girls. Mm-hmm. I have a friend in Sydney who last year, she slid into my DMs and was like, hey, so you're in Sydney. Let's grab dinner. And I'm like, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And now she's one of my good friends. She'll be here next week for the open and yeah. stuff. Um, but I'm really open to meeting new girls and meeting up with random people who yeah. I met on the internet in a safe way. Like, I'm smart about it. <laughs> so that sounds bad. That sounds really bad. Um, but yeah, I I generally like to think that most people are good people yeah. and I'm always open to meeting them. Welcome back to Chemist Warehouse Picks of the Week, the first pick for 2024. What have we got, Sarah? Tally, it's my pick and can you handle the heat? I don't know. Can I? I don't know. It's instant heat and longer lasting plump and it's the Maybelline Lifter Plump Gloss. Okay, this is really cute. Sorry, this has got chili or something in it? Yes, Chili and Maxi Plump. I'm pretty sure it's called Maxi Lip. Okay. Which leaves you your lips 30% fuller for longer. We love that. So for you natural girlies like Sarah who has not had lip filler. And that's, <laughs> that's literally why it's my pick. So it just gives me a little bit of a plumpy. Plump. A little bit of a plump. And we love that. And I've used a product like this before and it is like a burning sensation. You can't have it because you're preggo. Yeah, I can't have it. But these are amazing if you want a little bit of a plump kind of look um, to your makeup routine. And these ones here are exclusive, uh, 50% off exclusive at Chemist Warehouse until the 31st of January. Yes. So, and it's available in three colors. So run to Chemist Warehouse, get all three because they're all really cute. Handle the heat. And I think you're lucky in Australia. We're mostly all of us are good people, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It's easier to make friends here. I yeah. Think. Do you think? Is it? Yeah. I, I do. I find Australians a little bit more reserved. Like we're not the type of people like Americans to walk up to someone and be like, That's true. your outfit. That's mm. true. And open the door to have a conversation. Okay. We might think you look cute in our head, but we'll never walk That's up. That's actually to you. true. <laughs> That's true. Whenever we go to the States, we get so many compliments. Like I always get compliments from like, oh my God, your nails are so cute. Mm. Oh, no, 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 no. that's true. That's yeah, true. but in Australia, you don't really get that. You don't open the door. It's very rare. Yeah. Interesting. And that's one thing that, I know we spoke about this on the podcast before, that's one thing that I want to start doing is like if I see something cute on someone, <clears> instead of internally being that Australian and internally keeping it in, I'm like, oh my God, I love that outfit. Like I need to start saying yeah. it because I don't give it you feel good too yeah. and you never know what sort of conversation it can lead to I actually that just made me think of when I was flying I think I was flying from LA to Miami which is maybe a five-hour flight last year and I sat in the seat and the girl next to me I complimented her nails yeah. and she was like oh my gosh thank you so much like da, da, da. and we started chatting and we talked the whole plane ride wow. the whole five hours and it turns out that she was another influencer and when she had sat down I kind of recognized her voice but she oh. had this super super viral TikTok has like 80 million views of 
her having like a racist client. She was a hairdresser. Oh, wow. And I was like, I went back on my TikTok and I was like, look, I liked your video oh. like two years ago. So it was kind of a funny little yeah, whatever. So you just don't know where the conversation You never go. know. Yeah. And another thing is like, you don't know that person might be having a really fucking shit day. Yeah. Like, so you just don't know if like, I need to start doing that more. Yeah. I, that's one of my things as well. But it's like, we stop ourselves <clears throat> from doing it because we're in our heads about what the other person will think about us. Yeah. that's. I feel like that's the only speed hump. For Do you think that's an Australian like, thing? A hundred percent. Yeah, true. It probably mm. is. Yeah. yeah. And you have – so last year for Tully Lou and we did a meet and greet. So you met a few people. You have a meet and greet. We've got one tomorrow mm-hmm. where people mm-hmm. sign up on your Instagram and, mm-hmm. like, come. But I just have to say your growth within the last year – so last year we obviously filled a class – but this year we have a wait list of like a hundred plus people. Mm-hmm. So your growth in Australia and online, your, your online presence has grown so much the last year. Mm-hmm. What have you been doing? And well done. Thank you. <laughs> um, I am still just posting consistently on Instagram, TikTok. I think YouTube, well, this time last year is when I started yeah. my YouTube and YouTube has been huge for me. I think that Like, if someone can sit down and watch a 20-minute video Mm -hmm. of you just talking consistently every week, like, that can build such a community and such a a fan base, I guess, of people who— who really know you and like know everything about you and know everything that's going on in your life. You can only really learn so much about a person through Instagram stories. But I feel like doing YouTube has really like my community on YouTube is small, but mighty, you know, everyone, it's such like a positive, positive community on there. And I'm so grateful for everyone who watches my videos every week, but I feel like that's been a really big part in, in my personal growth, professional growth, and just kind of learning more about myself. And yeah, I am really grateful for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about authenticity. Yeah. You, you, you're very uh, authentic when it comes to YouTube. And I think people get a an insight what it is to be like a friend of yours because it's, that's yeah. how you are. And Thank not you. only that, I've said this to you numerous times, but each video that you put up, it gives the person watching some kind of value, like mm-hmm. every time, like I'll learn something. Um, and I think that's so important when you've got an online presence. Yeah. How do you feel walking around with the camera talking to it half the time? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was really hard to get used to for sure. But now I don't give a fuck. Like yeah. I will pull it out anywhere, anytime um, because – at the end of the day, I I want the content yeah. and being embarrassed for a few seconds that translates into a video that's going to last forever that I want, you know, I want, I want that content so I can handle the embarrassment. Something that helps me a lot is I'll actually put in like noise canceling headphones while I'm vlogging so I don't hear people around oh. me or I'll listen to music while I'm vlogging or talking because it kind of puts me in my own little world wow. and I don't really think about anything that's going on around yeah. me. And what's consistency to you when it comes to like say posting Instagram, TikTok, mm-hmm. YouTube? Yeah, so the I would say the only thing I'm really consistent on is like Instagram stories and YouTube. I've missed a couple weeks the last year with YouTube with a lot of technical issues, which I solved with a new camera and a new laptop this year. So hopefully that won't happen anymore. But TikTok is probably my one platform that I'm really inconsistent on. Mm-hmm. Do you see a trend for 2024 when it comes to social media? 
I think YouTube will continue to grow. I think people are a little tired of short form yeah. content. Um, I also think just like the the quality of videos on TikTok will get better. Um, I think people, you know, we saw this transition out of these dancing videos into cooking videos and to get ready with me's. And I think that will just continue to evolve into higher and higher quality content, longer content, more informative content, educational content. I have always had a theory that TikTok pushes my videos because a lot of them are educational, like the educational ones that I've done about tennis tournaments or about the tour and stuff always. I don't know if they they pop off because people are really interested in it, but part of me feels like TikTok likes the educational aspect of it Mm -hmm. and that's why they push them. But I, like I learn lots from it. Like yeah, I, I want to see the behind the scenes. Like I said to you for next week, I'm like, oh my god, go show me the catering downstairs. Yeah, what do they absolutely. Eat? Yeah. But when when you started your online presence, because I would say you're like the OG tennis girly, like mm-hmm. fashion tennis girly. So you did your get ready with me's, and then that popped off, and now you've kind of you're still doing the fashion videos, but you're right, you're doing more of the educational, the tennis, like mm. all that kind of stuff. And you worked with Wimbledon this year. Yeah. So last year. Last year, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Last year. Can you tell us a little bit about that experience? Because obviously you've been online and now you're going, it was still online presence though, wasn't it? But mm-hmm. it was more of a interview series. Yeah, it was it was like their first fashion lifestyle series. Um, the reason I got that gig is because I'd posted like a what people are wearing to Wimbledon yeah. video the year before. So that kind of caught their attention. Like I've been making um, content about fashion and tennis for the last two years. Yeah. So I don't think there was really anyone else that was like a good fit for it. And I've done on-camera work before and it was the best experience. Like I, those were the best two weeks of my life. It was so much fun. The team that I was working with was absolutely amazing and getting to talk to the fans, obviously the fashion there. It was just everything that I love yeah. mushed together. And yeah, it was a, a really amazing experience. How do you balance working <clears throat> at Wimbledon and obviously your partner plays tennis, mm-hmm. you're there to support him too. How did you balance all of that? It was a lot. Yeah, <laughs> you really would have been stressed. exhausted. But I, I really thrive in busyness. Yeah. Like, I'm the best version of myself mm-hmm. when I'm busy. So, yeah, I was doing Instagram content. I was doing TikToks every day. I was filming, like, maybe six hours on site wow. every day, then going to his match, and then shooting photos for Instagram. It was it was a lot. Um, and I, I wasn't getting help from anybody. I don't have an assistant. I don't have anyone who helps me with content. No one edits my videos. Like, I, all, I do it all on my own, which— I think for 2024, I will need to start bringing on help. Yeah. Um, I have someone for Australian Open who's coming with me every single day to help with content, which will be really, really nice. And I think probably moving forward, I will have to do that for a lot of tournaments mm-hmm. when I have a lot going on and more yeah. of these opportunities like professionally within the tennis yeah. world. So she's taking applications. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. US Open, Wimbledon. No, literally. Have you visibly noticed the growth of especially I would say like more women interested in tennis oh, yeah, and good fashion. Question. 100%. Yeah. yeah, I think well like I said when I started posting this there was nobody doing um you know tennis no. fashion content or mm. lifestyle and no one showing the tour from a partner's perspective. Now there's a few other girlfriends on tour who who are influencers who kind of show similar things but at the time there wasn't really anyone catering specifically to the female tennis fans who of course love the sport were interested in the sport but wanted 
all the other aspects mm, yeah. of what it's like on the tennis tour and what people are wearing and what the food is at the courts and that sort of thing. So when I started dating Taylor, I kind of noticed that there was this untapped market in there. And I never really like really wanted to be an influencer, but I was like, oh, like I kind of started posting it organically and people were like, can you do more of this? Yes. We want to see it. And so, yeah, it just happened really, really naturally. And I, I love the sport. I love fashion. So everything that I, I do and post just comes really organically. Mm. With the four Grand Slams, <clears throat> how does mm-hmm. the fashion vary? Okay, so I was talking about this yesterday. Fa- fashion at Wimbledon obviously has always been the the peak yeah. of t- tennis fashion, which is why it totally made sense to do Wimbledon threads. The celebrities show up, other athletes show up. Everyone who's going into center court is wearing beautiful dresses and suits. And it's just, it's such a spectacle. It always has been. But now I think it's kind of starting to trickle into the other Grand Slams mm-hmm. and other tournaments because we have more, more content online about it. And oh, fashion... Yeah, Fashion's having a moment. Sports fashion is having a big moment. There was a Business of Fashion article about a month ago that I shared that was all about this like new movement of sports and fashion in NBA, in F1, in tennis. And so it's really fascinating. I think I think people are just more interested in it now. And tennis has just grown in popularity. I don't necessarily know for Australia, but in the U.S., the last couple of years, tennis has popped off quite a bit and mm. racket sports in general. Mm. Every single apparel brand released some sort of tennis yeah, thing, true. like literally every apparel brand, um, which I was like, okay, like, do we do we need to do this? <laughs> or yeah. does everybody need to do uh, this? But I guess it's good. It's it's grown the sport. The girlies love the on-court photo shoots. I have a lot of friends taking lessons now when before I didn't know anybody who mm. was. So it's really cool to see how the sport has grown. I think a lot of that has to do with there's just more American players that are mm. are better now too, but I like to think. Do you think they had a little to do with yeah, it? I think I was going to say. I think you had a big part into that as well. And do you think Netflix? Because Netflix did the Breaking Point, and did that mm. come out this time last year? Yeah, did the it? first yeah. first season came out. You went to the opening this time last year. I did. Yeah, yeah, we had like a little red carpet premiere. Yeah, so first season came out this time last year, and then they just released the second okay. season. Yeah, because I feel like F one had a big moment when yeah. they brought out the F one series as well. Yeah, I really feel like in the next 18 months, the luxury big players, someone will be dressing a tennis player. That's my But then how do, how do they work with the sponsorships? I think so if, like, Taylor's sponsored with Nike, mm, but then one, Louis Vuitton comes to him, can he do that? Yeah, so for, for like, Adidas and Nike, those just cover athletic cool. apparel. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So, oh, so they could do it. Yes, yeah, so like Yannick Sinner has an amazing deal with Gucci. Uh-huh. Carlos Alcaraz has one with Louis Vuitton. Okay. So there are a few players that work with those big okay. luxury brands. Luxury but brands, do they yeah. rock up in the luxury brands or do they rock up in their sports apparel? They come to the matches in their sports apparel, but Sinner will go on to the court with a big Gucci bag. Oh, yeah. maybe it's just, pretty fire. Maybe we should, you should start that with Taylor, get him to get a deal, get him to rock up at the tennis in a yeah. designer yeah. fit yeah. and then start that trend. We've worked with a few. We, um, we went to the Hermes show this oh, yeah, past yeah, yeah, year yeah. and then I've worked with Prada, Miu Miu. So they're, they're definitely interested yeah. in Could start tennis that trend. and sports. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. 
That'd be cool because I always watch the basketballers coming in and the oh. NFL players. Coming yeah, in. they all have stylists. Oh, do they? Okay, yeah. Well, that ex- so most of the time, when when like those players or people attending events are wearing those brands, a lot of times it's not actually from the brand. Oh, it's it's like from style. It's from a stylist, uh. and they're like. I'm always oh, looking, looking at Travis at- Kelsey. I'm like, yeah. he's like <laughs> before he was with Taylor. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm going to steer away from tennis talk and talk about Morgan pre-tennis life. Dating mm. life, what was dating like Dating like before Taylor? What type of men did you go for? <laughs> that kind of. Yeah. Kind All the single chat. girls. Terrible ones. Just, yeah. <laughs> did you? Yeah, I – I dated a few people. I've, I'm a relationship girl for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I am a serial dater. I love being in relationships. I have not spent a ton of time in my life single, to be honest. I mostly had longer term relationships. And some of the guys I dated, I don't know. It's so <laughs> bizarre. I like don't have a type. Yeah. If you lined up the guys that I've dated in the past, you'd be like, what is going on here? They're all so different. They look so different. They do different things. But something that consistently is with all of the guys I'm with is they're usually like very good at what they do. Mm-hmm. Very driven, successful, hardworking. That's pretty much the only similarity between them. But yeah, I dated some pretty terrible guys before Taylor. Yeah. We were talking about that in the car. I've always been talking about my ex and I'm like, I feel like you need to go through those relationships in order to know what you actually deserve and want in a relationship. Absolutely. How do you end relationships like that? So I, I've actually never been broken up with. I've ended. That doesn't surprise me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, so I, I wouldn't actually say I've ever gone through a bad breakup, even though I've been in multiple relationships because I have this theory that I've told all my friends, which is date them till you hate them. Love that. Because I have a lot of friends and I had a situation once where like, it ended, but I don't think it was, I was quite ready for it to end. Mm-hmm. And so then you get in this on again, off again, toxic cycle Ugh. situationship. So now if I'm preparing to end a relationship, I have this thing in the back of my mind that's like date, date them until you hate them. Date them until you hate the way they chew their food. Date them until you can't <laughs> stand the way that they open a door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like date them until you don't like the way that they talk to your friends Date them until you hate every single thing that you do. And then when you are ready to end it, you are so fucking ready to end yes. it. And you will walk away and you will never think twice about being with them again. I like that. That's true. Yeah. And that worked for me because, yeah, you I have some friends who— you cling to the happy memories. Yeah. yeah. But if you focus on the, like— Or you just cling to, yeah. like, the— Having someone there. Yeah. It's like— And if just... you if you force yourself <clears throat> into a situation that you know is not right for you— everything, mm-hmm. everything in your life will tell you that it's wrong for you. You'll get signs, you'll get signals. Your body, mm-hmm. your physical body will start reacting to it. They'll start smelling bad when you used to love that. I'm serious. Yeah. Like there's there's these biological things that everything is connected mm-hmm. in you that everything will tell you this is not the person for you. And you got to listen to that. But I do have friends who who ended relationships, I think a little bit too early and either went through a really tough time getting over it or just kept going back to them. Yeah. And that I'd been in that situation before. It didn't work for me. So date them until you hate them. Since then you're ready to date again straight away. Yeah, you because you hate it. You get over them while you're in the relationship. Like, maybe this isn't the healthiest advice. <laughs> I'm not, you take everything I say with a grain of salt. I don't know shit. But 
that is what has worked for me. And yeah, by the time it's over, you, you're you not going through this really painful separation because you're like, I broke up with you in my mind four months yes. ago. That's what I was just about to say because <clears throat> someone told this to me once and I was like, oh, you're really, you're right. When someone breaks up with you, it's not the first that time they thought about breaking up with mm. you. Yeah. And no, I was like, never. that hit me hard. Never. And I was like, they've probably yeah. thought about it a million times before. For me, uh, there was one guy that I dated a couple years ago. He was terrible. Like, actually, he he was emotionally abusive. Like, it was a very, very bad situation. And I could not leave it. Like, mm-hmm. I I just couldn't end it for whatever reason. And looking back on it, I'm like, how, mm-hmm. how was I with this person? How did I let someone treat me this way? He would text me 50 times if I went out, if I didn't respond. Oh and there was God. one time I went out with my girlfriends. And he showed up at the bar. Showed up at the bar. I didn't even know he was coming. I didn't even tell him where I was. No. He showed up tracking, at the bar. I, I have no idea. He showed up. He was like, we're leaving right now. No. He, did, he was like that. It was horrible, horrible. And so I was constantly talking to my friends, like, I got to end it with this guy. And they were all like, you got to end it with this guy. We're going to, he's so ugly and he's terrible. Yeah. Like they were so against him and I just couldn't do it. And then one morning, it was like a Sunday morning. I went to get my nails done. You know, when you're getting nails done at a salon, you're sitting there and you can't take out your phone because yeah. your hands are on the table. So I'm sitting there for two hours and I leave the salon. It's 9 a.m. on a Sunday morning, mind you. And I leave and I take out my phone. I have 50 messages. No. 10 missed calls. Where are you? What are you doing? Why aren't you responding to me? You're lying to me. And I called him and I said, do not ever contact me again. We've been together for a year and a half, but that was one of the situations where I just stayed in it, even though I knew it was terrible. And I'm not saying you should ever, ever stay in an abusive relationship. Like you should get out of that right away. But I I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. And I stayed in it until I hated him. Yeah. And, and him calling cracked. me, him texting me during my nail appointment is what pushed me over the edge. Then I'm like, I'm done. Oh my God. I would have been done. That would be so infuriating. <clears throat> so infuriating. Oh God. Yeah. I think if anyone's, we've got a few, what about if you've got girlfriends that like, well, I suppose we're a bit older than you. So it's like harder, but we've got girlfriends that have kids with like people. And we're like, you probably should have left that person five years ago. Ugh. It's hard. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough different points of life but I guess do you that's do the just same? to make sure you know someone very well yeah it's hard oh, it? the ultimate commitment mm. having a kid with someone yeah. and I think the best thing you can do before going into a relationship like that is get to know yourself yeah yeah for sure absolutely and know your self self-worth because that's why I when you were saying that story Morgs I was like oh, I wonder what place Morgs was in her life when she was in that <clears> relationship <throat> Um, I was working corporate. It was my first year out of college and were you in LA? I was in Minnesota oh. actually at the time. Um, but I, I was good. I also, <laughs> this is so bad. <laughs> I also was working in the office and while I was dating this guy, I developed a huge office crush oh my on God. a guy. So that also kind of helped me because like every day I go into the office and like, it was like one of those things, you know, when you're in third grade and you pass, pass your crush in the hallway one time a day yeah. and you get those butterflies. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm like dying. Yeah, I don't know okay. what is in my throat. Um, but when I would go to the office I would get kind of those little butterflies. I kind of had a crush while I was in the relationship too, which is terrible. Obviously never did anything, but that kind of, kind of helped me too. But I was at a good place. I was having so much fun. It was such a good job. And he just, he was the only negative part of my life. And once I finally cut him off, I just 
bloomed. Like it was, I became a completely different person. I was so much happier, so much more confident. Good things just happened to me. Um, I kind of love breakups because I always get so much hotter afterwards Mm -hmm. too. So I kind of look forward to them. I have the ultimate breakup playlist that's on my Spotify if you guys want to go look. But yeah, every time I've ended things with a guy, like my life has just gotten way better. So we love that. <laughs> we love that. I encourage. Yeah. I encourage. It. I'm like dump him. Yeah. Dump him. If you want your hottest year yet, probably break up with your boyfriend. Yes. Yeah. That's Morgan's game plan. Literally. Seriously. What are you mostly excited about for the next two weeks? Oh, geez, that's a good question. Just having fun, honestly. We're going to have fun. I have some friends from Sydney who are coming. I just, yeah, this time of the year is amazing. There's such a good food scene in Melbourne. Um, I have some really exciting, like, press Mm -hmm. stuff coming up the next week, which will be really cool. So, yeah, it'll it'll be a good— My goal this year is just to have more fun, so. Yeah, I feel like every year you come, the time at the Open just gets busier and busier and more opportunities— come about yeah it's exciting remember last year I got the DM from Tim Taylor oh yes <laughs> oh my god when we recorded that was yes. my dream that was my dream oh my god I, I remember that yeah I am obsessed with Tim Tam but you're like I mean it'll come out in the next couple of weeks but one of the one of the businesses you're working with you've definitely elevated a lot like yeah. so proud and it'll come Thank out you. in like I think next week yeah 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 it's amazing. So, again, so proud of you. What's one thing or a couple of things that might surprise people listening about you? Are you into woo-woo shit like we are? Like, Oh, I do like spiritual stuff. I had a call with, with my psychic this yeah. morning, which was great. Um, I would say before like something that most people wouldn't expect about me is how much I love horror and true crime and stuff. But now I'm much more open about that. And I'll like Mm. share horror movies that I'm watching on Instagram and stuff. Um, I don't know. I really feel like I'm a very open book. Like Mm. I, even my dad tells me and like this coming from my dad is big. He's like, I love watching your YouTube videos every week because it feels like I'm hanging out with you. He was like, I'm really proud of how, how much like you're just yourself on there. Um, so I think people have a lot of conceptions and I think, I do think there are people on the internet who kind of chameleon themselves yeah. into like what they think they should be, or if they see someone do, doing something and they want to be like them, mm-hmm. they'll start doing that and saying the things they say and posting things they post. But I, I'm very proud of myself that I do feel like I'm very much myself mm-hmm. online and I am genuine about my interests and what I want to do. And I think people sometimes maybe think that that's not the case with influencers, but I, I do think that is It's really sweet the that case your dad said that. I, yeah. I think you are a really big open book online. And one thing, like, I want to say congratulations to you for is you speak openly about mental health and mm-hmm. you give really mm-hmm. good advice Thank all the you. time yeah, you when you're on camera. So mm-hmm. um, you give value. That's 100%. It. That's a great word to mm-hmm. describe it. You, you're full of value for everyone who engages with you. Has, I just want to ask about a YouTube and you just said your dad watches. Has anyone come up to you and be like, oh, my God, I love your YouTube, and you were like, whoa, you watch my YouTube. That's amazing. Ooh, that's a good question. Because um, sometimes even with our podcast, we forget that gosh, people listen. 
don't even know. And like, yeah. oh, no. there's a few WTA players that watch my videos. No way. Yeah. Um, so if anyone's listening, that's women's tennis players. Yeah, women's yeah, tennis yeah. players. So I know like Madison Keys will watch my videos with her husband, oh God, who's no. also a tennis player. He like makes them, makes her watch, uh, or makes him watch them with her and like does watch my videos. There's a few WTA players that when I found that out, I was like, oh, I kind of love that. Yeah, I think that's <laughs> Which is cool. cool. But they're like, I'm friends with them too. So they're just being supportive. Yeah. But I do like that. Because you do, when you're online, you often forget that, like, there's people watching that you have no idea, people listening. Like, we said that the other day about the podcast. We're like, fuck, we forget that people are listening. Like, it's crazy. One last question for me. Do you hang out with people from the tour? What do you mean? Like, Like, players? Yeah, like, will you go out to dinner with a player and their girlfriend while you're here in Melbourne? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So we go out with, like, American players. Mm -hmm. So, like— Taylor and I will go to dinner with Mackie and Ben Shelton. Like, a lot of the American guys will hang out. Um, but then I'm friends with some WTA players as well that I'll, like, get coffee with and That's go to brunch cool. with. Yeah, like yeah it's really nice to yeah. have. Like, there's definitely some people on tour that are not very nice people. But for the most part, everyone is, like, very sweet, friendly. Obviously, all the players are in competition, but yeah. they don't. They're not, like, competing anywhere besides the court. Yeah. Wait, did, so will the American – you just said that you hang around with the American team. Do the boys hang around with any of the teams, like, from Australia or other countries? Or do they just mm. stick with their own country? A lot of times they just stick with their yeah. own country because um, there's also, like, language barriers. Oh, yeah, like, true. everyone pretty much speaks English, but a lot of the Italian guys hang out with the Italian yeah. guys and the Russian guys hang out with the Russian guys. And, yeah, so a lot of the Americans – and also a lot of them have grown up together. So, mm-hmm. like, these guys have been at – at camps together since Mm -hmm. they were 13, 14 years old. So you kind of just develop those relationships and either you rise in the rankings together and come up to the ATP tour or some people fall off. Yeah. I always wonder that. I'm like, I wonder if they just hang around with other countries and stuff. Sometimes, but it is is like a little bit clicky. Yeah. I could imagine. high school, traveling high school. It's a traveling circus. It's insane. Yeah. That's how I imagine it. Yeah. Yeah. And because it's that way, like everyone has to be – nice to each other you know you don't want to be oh, so you're all people places uh, <laughs> you have to be respectful towards each other because it's at the end of the day it's a professional environment yeah. yeah so if anyone comes in and is like causing drama with other people on the tour everyone's like what the fuck is wrong with you yeah like it's it's whack and it's very looked down upon yeah yeah right interesting and you'll never know if you're going to play that player mm-hmm. yeah and yeah. people talk the gossip on tour are you saying like that? if if someone does something Every every player, every team member, everyone wow. knows about it. Wow. It's a very small world. Yeah. And when you guys are traveling, you all stay in different locations. Like at your hotel at the moment, do you have any other tennis players staying there? No. Not yeah. at our hotel. So everyone just is kind of spread out in the city usually. Yeah. There are tournament-specific hotels where the tournament will like cover the rooms or partially cover the rooms. Um, but it really depends on the tournament. Yeah. Any other questions, Tell? No, I've got no other questions. I'm okay. looking forward to a fun two weeks with you. I know. I'm so pumped. And I'm so Hopefully like, it's two weeks. It might. Well, you said Taylor's got a good draw, so hopefully. Two he weeks. does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. We'll, um, we've got a lot to squeeze in in three days then. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> no, it'll be amazing. And again, we are so proud of you. And you. we're excited to see your next two weeks and the rest of the year. Thank you. Thank Thanks you. for having me again. Thanks for coming on. It's us again. We're back. It's Tully and Sarah, and if you don't know, we have 
an activewear brand called Tully Lou. And we have Australia's favourite leggings, but not only do we have leggings, we've got hoodies, we've got outerwear. We've got everything that you may need for an active lifestyle. So we want to give you guys an offer. If you've never shopped at Tully Lou, or if you've shopped at Tully Lou, and you just want $15 off your next order, you need to take this offer and it's TL Cherry, all caps, all one word, and pop that in at checkout and you will get $15 off. So head to our website. It's www.tallyloo.com or head to our Instagram, stalk our page, use the code and let's get you all in some TL. And welcome to the family. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 